Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. This is the broadcast for December the 11th in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our two of two. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. It's all about the supreme law of the land, ladies and gentlemen, the Constitution. If it's constitutional, we love it. If it's not, we hate it. By the way, Kanye West building project. He wanted to help solve the homeless crisis in California, but it got shut down by Los Angeles bureaucrats. Humans are being exposed to 44 times more chemicals in plastics that are linked to cancer and infertility than previously thought. That's according to a new study by the University of Washington. And uh, we talked yesterday about the banana duct tape story. I guess they had banana duct tape to an art gallery wall and it got taken down because the crowds became uncontrollable. Art teacher instructs six-year-olds to write, quote, gay love letters. I mean, this is what's going on around the world in government schools. The propaganda is just out of control. All right, I want to talk more about this impeachment discussion. Kurt Crosby's with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. You're very welcome. So radicals uh, first changed their accusations from, quote, quid pro quo to bribery, and then they changed again, and now the House has two articles of impeachment. One is called... um, Obstruction of Congress, not even of justice, of Congress, which I find interesting, and then abuse of power. And, uh, Kurt, do you want to talk about this a little bit? What does that mean? What does obstruction of Congress mean? Well, Sam, couldn't you, uh, I, I, almost every time I see these, uh, whether it's Hillary doing this or, or in this case, Congress, they're accusing the president of doing something. It's a, You could just take those same words and fill out obstruction of the president couldn't you couldn't you just switch it around yeah and that's the exact point what does that mean they've been obstructing the president on all kind of things he wants to protect our border the courts obstruct congress obstructs he tries to fund defending our nation which is by the way the president's responsibility to deal with international and foreign affairs and such right so uh, and then they obstruct him at every turn he tries to create accountability and, and, and uh, you know, follow the supreme law of the land on so many issues. Hey, let's reduce food stamps. Let's do this. Let's do that. And every turn, they literally throw up a roadblock. A single road thug obstructs or Congress obstructs and goes on and on and on. I mean, it's amazing. And then they're going to say obstruction of Congress. And they say the reason there's obstruction of Congress is because, hey, he's, he's telling people not to testify and he won't turn over paperwork and all this kind of stuff. And my response kind of comes down to. Um, what if they're not carrying things out properly? Aren't they obstructing the president's ability to carry out his oath of office? See, this obstruction of Congress That's is such I a see. vague term. I don't even understand what it means. Well, it at least in my opinion, it just means that you can make up the rules, you know, make up the things as you go, and you can, uh, you know, make new laws. I mean, uh, you don't really have to follow the rules. You, you can tell folks that you're. This is all, you know, according to the Constitution. You come out and say that uh, you're like Nancy Pelosi, and you've got, you know, you're just, you, know, your beloved Constitution is being hurt by 
Donald, you know, President Trump, and so you hope everybody will help you out to save the country, you know, but it's just such a joke, Sam. Sadly, I concur with you. And what I find fascinating is Fox News, they claim, has been kind of the good guys in the news or whatever. But Neil Cavuto's with Fox, right, Kurt? I think so, Sam. All right. And Neil Cavuto had on Rand Paul, and they discussed this impeachment discussion. And in my opinion, I mean, Neil Cavuto sounds like a thug. I mean, he sounds like he's just a, a, a shill for the Democrats. Uh, and Rand Paul parries Neil Cavuto quite well in this, quote, spar match. I don't know why it's a sparring match anyway, um, because we should just be saying, hey, what do you think about this, uh, Rand, and, and, and how do you call it? But every question Neil asks tries to trap Rand Paul, and Rand Paul eats Cavuto alive. So I find that good news that Rand did such a phenomenal job. You'll hear the comment Cavuto makes at the end. Uh, and admits defeat, if you will, in this sparring match. But why is Rand Paul even sparring with Fox News in the first place? I mean, I don't even understand it. But Cavuto shows his true colors. Listen to the exchange. You're, you're, you're right to say in lockstep Republicans are with the president, Democrats equally in lockstep with uh, trying to impeach the president. Not all of them. But I'm wondering, um, that being the case, you don't see any impeachable offenses here. Are you embarrassed by any of this or the president's behavior, tone or any of that? I guess I'm more embarrassed by the process that the Democrats are criminalizing the presidency, that the Democrats have chosen to try to overturn an election. Uh, this is this doesn't bode well for our country. You know, they 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 say in such serious tones that this threatens democracy. Well, what really threatens democracy is that if we're going to impeach every president that comes along because we don't like their tone or we don't like their demeanor. Or we I'm a little disappointed in Rand, though, because he let the democracy idea stand as if we have one. It's false, but there you go. We think they're not courteous. Uh, so I think these are things that should be taken care of at the ballot box. I, I really, you know, the things I'm concerned about are people like Adam Schiff using subpoena power to actually get the phone records of a fellow congressman. I think that's... Now, stop. That's critical. So Schiff should be going to prison over that. There's no authority whatsoever. Uh, but furthermore, why would Cavuto say, are you embarrassed the way the president's behaving there, uh, Rand? Why would you bait with a question like that if you're Neil Cavuto and you're Fox News and you're the conservative guys? Why wouldn't you say, are you embarrassed about this sham impeachment proceeding going on here? But he asks the opposite question. I think he wants to try to get into the Democrats' good graces there. But Rand parries him just fine. Does a good job. Uh, obscene. And I think really he ought to be censured for it. Senator, if you were president, if you had come through the process and been nominated and become president, would you have made a call like that? See, what a question. So now you, 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 you beat me on the embarrassment question. Now I'm going to ask you, you know, would you have made a call like that? What he's trying to get Rand Paul to do is say, no, I wouldn't have done that. Now you've kind of hung the president out to dry. Um, why would Cavuto ask that question? Oh, if you were president, would you have done? Would you have made the big mistake, Donald? Made? The inference is shocking, but Rand responds admirably. Here it is. Even though it's not, to your point, an impeachable offense, was it the proper thing to do? I would say the difference is, is I wouldn't offer foreign aid at all to Ukraine because we don't have the money. We've got to borrow it from China to send it to Ukraine. So I wouldn't have negotiated over it. But I will tell you that the law actually says to the president that he can only release the foreign aid if they're showing progress on corruption. But I would point out, since I'm not a big fan of foreign aid, that there have been many studies done on this that show that more money goes to corrupt nations and it doesn't really fix corruption. So I don't think foreign aid works, nor do I think it's the business of the 
the federal government, the U.S. government, to borrow money to send it to foreign countries. I think it doesn't work, and it's foolhardy. Now, Rand Paul does a great job. He says, I wouldn't even have had the foreign aid in the first place. But then he said, you know, look, the law is written to say we need to make progress on corruption before we give foreign aid anyway. Isn't that what Donald was doing, making progress on corruption to stop it? Okay, so he puts Donald Trump in a great light, but Cavuto twice in a row tries to get Rand Paul to badmouth the president, right? Yeah, I'm embarrassed of the Republicans. I'm embarrassed of Donald. Or, yeah, I would not have done what Donald did. Or, why is Cavuto doing this? It gets worse. Do you think that the foreign aid wasn't the issue as much as trying to get some dirt on an opponent that, uh, who, or someone who could challenge you in the next election? See, Neil doesn't give up. Now it's is the president just trying to get dirt on, on Biden? Is that what it's all about there, Rand? Rand does not take the bait again. Rand slaughters him. But why is Cavuto continuing the same line of, are you embarrassed of Donald? Would you have made that call? Don't you think Donald's just trying to dig up dirt? He doesn't say that bluntly, but that's the push that Cavuto's got here. Here's Rand's incredible response. That right. Take away whether that it's a high crime and misdemeanor, to your point. It, 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 it hurt the president's image. It hurt our country's image. What do you think? Maybe, but I guess you could look at it from another perspective and say Hillary Clinton hired a spy, a British spy, to try to interfere in our election. Was that sort of equally wrong? Should she have been put in jail for doing that? Is it illegal to hire foreigners? Actually, it is. In this case, you could say he's going after corruption, and the corruption just happens to be someone who also is a political opponent. But if we were to write the rules that say you can go after corruption unless they're involved in politics, that'd be sort of weird laws. That'd be like telling the local Republican sheriff... You're allowed to go after crime unless it happens to be your opponent's son that committed the crime. So, I mean, it would be an absurdity to say that we were going to exempt political people from investigations of corruption. Well, that's a clever way of playing that, but at least... It's a clever way of playing that is the only response Thug Cavuto, Fox hired hitman, to try to take out Ron Paul. Three attempts failed at the end. Cavuto just goes, well, that's a clever... A response there, Rand. Bye. See you later. <laughs> bye bye. What on earth is Cavuto doing? That discussion was just from the Twilight Zone, Kurt. You know, Sam, it uh, brings up a point of one of the things that I think is interesting. You'll hear this um, uh, whether you listen to Sean Hannity or Rush Limbaugh or, you know, I'm sure uh, Neil Cavuto or whatever. Um, You'll hear them occasionally say something like, uh, oh, the media does this. And, uh, you know, like somehow they're not part of it, uh, that they're, um, you know, uh, uh, just the good guys. And the bad guys are the Washington Post, the New York Times, the whatever. Um and uh, then there's the normal folks, you know, the deplorables and, and uh, Sean Hannity and Russ Limbaugh and Neil Cavuto are all part of those guys. And I'm like thinking, uh, aren't you guys getting paid like 25 million or 50 million or, you know, something a year? Um, we're not the same as you now. You know, I do agree that every so often you say something that agrees with us, but there's plenty of times when you just do what your handlers tell you. But didn't Cavuto sound like a hitman for the Democrats trying to trap Rand Paul and pit him against the president? 
Hey, listen up. This is a deep state alert. Former Texas Congressman Steve Stockman, who moved to arrest Lois Lerner for contempt of Congress, has been imprisoned by the very office that Lerner led. You heard right. Stockman hit the Obama administration hard, and they hit back with the full force of the federal government. The guy who said he wanted Mark Levin as Speaker of the House was the first to threaten Obama's impeachment, exposed Hillary's selling steel to the Iranians, and blocked both Obama's immigration and gun bills from even reaching the House. But Obama holdovers came after him in federal court with trumped up charges and have locked our guy up. Like many others, he was on Obama's hit list. Steve fought for us in Congress. Now we need to fight for him. Don't abandon this wounded hero on the battlefield. Let's help cover his massive legal costs. To chip in five bucks or more, text the word FIGHT to 444-999. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, to 444-999. Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. That's DefendAPatriot.com. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married and have some kids. And it's interesting to me, Rand Paul continues to just spend time with Neil Cavuto and guys like that, despite their attempts to trap him and abuse him and everything else. Now, he came out on top. Uh, Cavuto just had to say that was a clever response there, Rand. Bye. (laughs) But why doesn't Rand take time to go on news services like ours? that will literally defend our cause. You think of the interview that I had with Larry Pratt last hour, Kurt, in contrast to Neil Cavuto. Neil Cavuto going, aren't you embarrassed of the president? No, I'm not. In fact, I'm embarrassed of the Democrats and the process going on here. It's a sham. Uh, and then I'm, you know, paraphrasing what Rand said to Cavuto. Then Cavuto's like, well, what about, you know, would you have made a call like that? Well, first off, I wouldn't back foreign aid in the first place. I think it's foolhardy and bogus. Um, you know, so I wouldn't be discussing foreign aid because I wouldn't have it at all. Okay, well, um, and, and he just tries to trap him. And then Rand Paul basically says, look, just because there's an opponent here, um, politically speaking, that doesn't change the fact that the whole goal, the law requires if we're going to give this foreign aid at all, if you accept the foreign aid premise, which I don't, he says. But if you do, you know what? We're supposed to get rid of corruption on progression, uh, progress on routing out corruption. Then the aid comes and Donald is routing out corruption. And Neil doesn't respond to any of that. But you compare that to my discussion with Larry Pratt last hour, Kurt, which I would treat Rand the same, which would be, hey, what about this idea, this moving target where you've got uh, quid pro quo? Well, the only one that's done that is Biden. The proof is in the pudding. Quid pro quo to bribery. Well, we can't, even the own star witnesses for the Democrats, shut down the bribery idea. Then they move to this idea of obstruction of Congress and abuse of power. What is obstruction of Congress? 
And what is abuse of power? To me right now, the Democrats are abusing power like you wouldn't believe, Kurt. Well, and, uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of, um, I guess you could say, criminal activity to go around. But, uh, you know, uh, and and a lot of it, at least to me, one of the key things to remember when we mention the swamp or the deep state, you know, the insiders, the CFR types, the Bilderbergers, you know, the guys, the globalists, the one-worlders, <laughs> You know they're they're almost everywhere. They're the little king men that want to basically uh, get in with their buddies and uh, move up so that they can uh, have some power and control over you. And there's um, there are very few of those who um, are excuse me individuals who basically want to um, give you your freedom and and let freedom ring and uh, you know. Um, ring out because that means they're not going to really get all that power that they want. You know, Sam? I don't know how to respond uh, except to say this is what I mean, though. I don't understand what abuse of power means. I mean, I think the, the FBI is the one that was abusing power, don't you think, Kurt? They're the ones that literally, on a fraud, went after the president, spied on him, under the former administration's leadership, I might add, and uh, even if they say it started out right, that they had the right to look into this because there was some weird stuff going on. Once they found out the weird stuff wasn't going on, how come it didn't stop? That's a question that Lindsey Graham is asking, and I rarely agree with Lindsey Graham, but he's right on this one. Once they found that out, how come it didn't stop? How come they took greater measures to withhold exculpatory evidence, to manipulate the results on forms, to withhold and to manipulate? They did all that. Um, why don't we sue the FBI for abuse of power, obstruction of the people, and abuse of power. Okay, I'm just saying these terms are so vague, I don't even know what they mean. But we're going to impeach a president on this? I think they're going to go for it, Curtin. I think they're going to have impeachment pass. Uh, and then what will happen is it will be up to the Senate to decide if they're going to try it and prosecute, and it will fail in the Senate. I hope that doesn't happen, but I think that's the writing on the wall. What do you say? Well, it sure looks like that, Sam. And uh, the thing is, is that then uh, these individuals, uh, you know, the Nancy Pelosi and her ilk, will have uh, done what their um, their supporters want them wanted them to do, and they'll, uh, you know, have fulfilled their. I guess you could say their campaign promises, because uh, many of them. That's pretty much what they ran on just opposing uh president trump and uh when you see the way the the uh, standard media and when i say the standard or or maybe the old media or whatever um basically makes the president out to look like uh, you know the most evil guy around and that anybody uh you know normal american that wants to think of wearing like a make america great again hat they should be shunned they should be you know i mean we've we've come to these new lows uh sam and uh, you know you can see why um you get this kind of thing and there's uh at least i think maybe this way uh, pelosi feels like she'll have done what her uh supporters want her to do um and uh, the only thing that I'm con convinced of, Sam, is the Senate is a uh, 
Well, it's not a known entity. Uh, I believe the, there's a whole bunch of those guys, especially the ones in the higher level uh, spots like McConnell or whatever, that have, uh, I mean, that people have dirt on them and that they can be controlled. So it wouldn't really uh, surprise me to see even the Senate uh, vote to, uh, you know, hold up the impeachment thing uh, simply because you know of of the way they're such a bunch of wimps if you ask me you know yes i don't know how to respond to that your point is that the senate might get just as crazy uh as the house huh well i mean look at let's look at mcconnell the top um i mean I guess you call him the top dog. Rush Limbaugh Limbaugh calls him the turtle. Uh, But the guy is definitely compromised in in many ways. Uh, I think so many of them uh, are that way or else they wouldn't get in those top spots. Uh, But, you know, he's he's, uh, married to, uh, I think it's... Uh, her last name was Chu, if I remember right. She's got huge connections to the... uh, all the whole Chinese and all that kind of stuff, and and uh, you know massive amounts of money is brought in that way, and and I mean, what if behind the scenes it just says, hey, uh, it's time for you to, you know, prove what you know we've put all this money into you. We need you to get rid of this guy. Uh, you know, uh, President Trump's causing us a lot of trade problems. Uh, we want uh, him out of there. I mean, I I know that sounds, uh, you know, like you've never heard it from anybody else. But Well, Carrie Pickett has two articles you gave me, Kurt, that highlights this point pretty well, I think. Well, um, I'm trying to remember. I remember that writer, but... Uh, All right. First one says, Ukraine whistleblower insists that he discussed nothing of substance with Schiff's staff before filing the complaint. That's the first one. Well, and... Uh, I mean, so wait a minute. We don't even know who the whistleblower is. How do we know that he's insisting on something, Kurt? <laughs> and who is he insisting right. to? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. yep. All right, then the next headline from Kerry Pickett also says this. Schiff hired former colleague of, quote, alleged whistleblower Eric Sierra the day after the Trump-Ukraine call, Carrie Pickett. You look at those two well, things and you go, yeah. wait a minute, something's going on behind the scenes that since we don't have the facts, we can't put our finger on if we don't know who the whistleblower is. and if we don't, But, but Schiff claiming that he doesn't know who it is. And um, how do you hire a colleague if you don't know who it is? And how do you know that they're insisting on this and that if you don't know who it is? And something doesn't make any sense, Kurt. Well, and so much of it doesn't make any sense because it's like they say up is down and down is up, black is white, white is black. And, you know, I mean, uh, and you look for the, well, like the scripture that says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. We don't uh, know the truth. You you pretty much have to, you know, follow at least hopefully the spirit of God can help you 
uh, discriminate between the, who's, who the liars are and who's telling the truth. Um, these stories you're talking about, uh, much of them are sourced from the Washington Examiner, one of the best, uh, at least in my opinion, in Washington uh, sources of news, uh, where they actually do kind of old news kind of reporting and that kind of thing. Uh, but like you say, man, you got a, a tangled mess going on in the, our nation's capital. I'm saying. Yeah, I don't even know how to respond, uh, except to say this. You know, it seems like they all want us to just, you know how they put up a sign, Kurt, like a little kid will put up a sign like an L on their forehead, basically communicating to you you're a loser. Great point. It reminds me of that. They're mocking us, folks, and we don't have enough media or enough people to stand up for the truth. Listen to the wind blow. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Hours after Democrats in the U.S. House filed two articles of impeachment against him, the president calls the charges flimsy, pathetic, and ridiculous. He speaks at a rally held in Hershey, Pennsylvania. They send these two things that are not even a crime. This is the lightest, weakest impeachment. The House Judiciary Committee will begin consideration of those two articles of impeachment against the president at a meeting this evening. One of them alleges abuse of power, the other obstruction of Congress in the Ukraine scandal. The full House expected to debate and vote on Trump's impeachment next week. The U.S. is turning four military bases over to South Korea today, also starting the process of turning over the former American military headquarters in the heart of Seoul. And this is USA Radio News. Hello, this is Wayne Allen Root, relentless conservative warrior, middle-class warrior, and always Trump warrior. I have a message for my fellow patriots across America. President Trump is making America great again. He's the only president in my lifetime who is keeping his promises, and his biggest promise is to build that wall. President Trump can only do it with our help. If Congress won't fund Trump's wall, we will. President Trump is one man against the world, and what globalists and socialists around the world want is clear, open borders. It's time to take a stand. We either build a wall, or it's the end of the greatest nation of world history ever blessed by God. That's why I founded the Root for the Wall Pack. 63 million Trump voters together will raise the money President Trump needs for the wall. Anyone who donates $100 or more will get a beautiful commemorative wall brick. Display it proudly. Call 844-ROOT-WALL. That's toll free. 844-ROOT-WALL. Or go to rootwall.com. We will build this wall together. Call 844-ROOT-WALL. Or go to rootwall.com. Root for the Wall Pack. Pay for it. Responsible for the content of this message. Not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. Rootwall.com. Five people are wounded after a suicide bomber set off explosives outside the main U.S. military base in Afghanistan hours ago. A regional government spokeswoman saying all the people injured were Afghans. No group has claimed responsibility yet for the attack, which has come as the U.S. is trying to restart peace talks with the Taliban. 
President Trump has less than a week to decide whether he'll impose more tariffs on Chinese imports. He's set December 15th, which is this upcoming Sunday, as the date for tariffs on nearly $160 billion in consumer goods from China. 15% tariffs scheduled for items including video game consoles, computer monitors, toys, and clothing. Retail analysts say raising prices on those items 10 days before Christmas could really hurt holiday sales. 16-year-old Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg is Time Magazine's Person of the Year. And this is USA Radio News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Kurt wants to tell you about the economy. Looks like America created 266,000 jobs in November. The mainstream press economists thought it would only be like 180,000. And they thought the unemployment rate wouldn't change, but it dropped to 3.5%. Kurt, that's what, 50 year plus low they're going on? Well, that's exactly right, Sam. And uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting, uh, remember about the old phrase our buddy uh, Chuck Harder taught us years ago from uh, For the People program. He'd say, if it bleeds, it leads in the media. And so, you know, good news stories uh, typically... Well, they're hard to find, uh, frankly. And and in this case, uh, this one got reported pretty much... uh, Oh, Friday late. Uh, so, in other words, it was, uh, you know, going to be something that most people would miss because they're off work. They're, you know, they're not watching the news. They might be going to the, going to the movies, out to dinner, something like that. So then this story, you know, doesn't really get its, um, in my opinion, its due diligence because. Frankly, Sam, the standard media doesn't want to see a story like this. This is good news. Um, and like they say, uh, you know, the the reports say that 266,000 jobs were added in November, uh, smashing expectations. Uh, now, they had to revise up the numbers for September and October. Uh, wages are rising more than expected. And like you mentioned, the unemployment drops to the lowest number in 50 years. Um, and uh, subheadline, the imaginary recession of 2019 is over. Um, but I'm telling you, man, um, <laughs> they're still going to be touting it and hoping for it, uh, the guys who hope for it, because the fact is, like when Bill Clinton taught us, uh, which is kind of hard to understand, but, you know, occasionally you get a good biscuit from a garbage can. Bill Clinton uh, taught us a long time ago, it's the economy, stupid. And when people have those jobs and, you know, and things are going reasonably well for them, they're kind of happy. Um, now, they do say Sam, I thought it was interesting uh, in these reports, and these are government reports, uh, uh, they say hiring in November was strong across the board. Manufacturing, uh, which had been a source, they say, of weakness in earlier reports, added 54,000 jobs. This was boosted by the end of the strike at GM, with autos adding 41,000. But economists, they say, whose estimates were meant to reflect the end of the strike, had predicted just 15,000 extra jobs. Healthcare added 45,000, they say. The number of Americans working rose to 
almost 159 million, a record high. Uh, they say that's the sixth consecutive record high for this metric. Uh, average hourly wages are up 3.14% compared with last year. So they didn't even have to force people to pay more. You know, they didn't have to say, we the government are going to make you have a higher minimum wage, which makes everything else go up. They let the free market, I mean, free, you got to put that in quotes, kind of work and people are getting paid more. They say average hourly ages of uh, private sector production and non-supervisor employees rose by seven cents, they say, from 2383 to, um, or up to $23.83 an hour, I guess that is. That's a 22 cent percent. 0.22% gain. Uh, labor force participation rate was little changed, they say, at 63.2%. Uh, but the bottom line is, hey, people, um, when they have jobs, they can actually spend some of their own money instead of waiting for a government check. Amen to that. Speaking of, you know, hey, when people are free to live in the uh, free market and do well, not only do 266,000 jobs get created and we're at an unemployment rate of 3.5%, the lowest it's been in literally my whole lifetime and more. Kurt wants to go to work for St. John's Properties, though. Don't you, Kurt? Well, Sam, <laughs> uh, I you know, this is another one of those good news stories that, I mean, uh, in my opinion, you could take this story and, you know, highlight it everywhere, but you're not going to see it much. Uh, this is, uh, you know, originally reported from the uh, Western Journal Boys, and then uh, World Net Daily uh, has got it. But the headline reads, Company Surprises Staffers with $10 million in Bonuses at Holiday Party. Uh, Subheadline, nearly 200 employees from a commercial real estate firm were surprised during a holiday party with a bonus check in celebration of the company's latest milestone. This company, like you said, Sam, is called St. John's Proper St. John Properties. They're headquartered in Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, well, they uh, surprised their workers with a $10 million bon in bonuses that they're going to be divided amongst those almost 200 employees. Uh, works out to about fifty grand an employee. Now, this is the bonus, they say, on top of the company's annual year-end bonus and other benefits. Um, the company founder, um guy's name is uh, also St. John, he says, uh, um, he says, um, well, we founded the company back in 71 with two employees. Um, he says, what happened tonight was magical. That's, that's what one employee said. Um, and um, the company founder credited the success and growth of the company to the hard work and dedication of his employees. He says, I steer the boat, but they're the ones that run the boat. They're the ones that make the boat go. Um, my philosophy has always been to surround myself with the best and the brightest, and that's what we've done. Uh, every professional at St. John's Properties is committed to excellence every day. So, to me, you know, pretty good story, Sam. Yeah, you would have liked to work for those guys. No doubt it was a magical evening. <laughs> cash is rolling out. But at least it's the private sector where they're spending cash. Yeah. No government. The man you have every right to do that with their you money. You have to. 
Yeah, you have to do that. Now, what I want to ask you, Sam, is do you think these guys are going to be out looking for another job? Uh, no. I think they're going to double do down they're and gonna deliver gonna their work best for their employer. Yeah, good point. And I'll bet you uh, that <laughs> these guys do even better in the future. Now, one of the things I will say that's not really in this story is what if big bureaucrats have basically uh, hassled this company more. I'm sure they've already dealt with a bunch of, you know, red tape and all that over the from 1971 to now. But just what if they had less of it to deal with? Where do you think those bonuses could be, and what kind of economy? Amen. You know, well, if Donald has anything to do with it, and the jobs report above kind of relates, then you know, and I think it does when I say if. I'm kind of joking. It it relates, and I think this is part of the reality that we're facing, which is good news. Now, Kurt was going to move, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you know this, but he was secretly going to move, and he didn't want anybody to know because he wanted to go to this awesome town. The problem is the town's gone, and he can't move there anymore. Yeah, it's called Amelia, Ohio. Uh, And, uh, you know, the thing is, Sam, (laughs) they were, uh, well... um, this headline reads, uh, Citizens Literally Disband Town to Get Relief from Oppressive Taxes. Uh, I guess the bottom line, yeah, it's a pretty good long story, but uh, the town, you know, had a bunch of, well, I'm sure they started out okay, but they had a bunch of, you know, uh, big government types that started spending boatloads of money. And uh, they say the largely upper middle class town, according to the New York Times, I mean, you occasionally get a good story from even the New York Times, somehow watched their taxes raised year after year despite a massive influx of population, you know, where you say, Hey man, why do we have to raise taxes? We got all these new people, and if everybody pays a little bit, why would we have to raise it? But you know, that's what we're seeing. Property taxes are going up double, and you know. But this is an example, Kurt, that I want to highlight. Where you know, a lot of people say, "Hey, we've 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 tried everything in America. We've done everything we can. There's nothing left we can do. It's time to just have a revolution, or it's time to go for an Article Five convention, or man, we got to just secede from the Union, or." You know, we got to go to Washington with our guns. Or they say all these, in my personal opinion, whacked out, kooky ideas. And when I push yeah. back and say, wait a minute, there's a lot we can do. They're like, Sam, we've tried everything. My question to these citizens would be this. How many of you have abolished your town because taxes are too high? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, they say most recently hundreds of thousands of dollars reportedly had been poured into renovating the town's governmental offices into a Victorian-style building with a lion door knocker, chandeliers on the ceiling, and a gazebo in the backyard. And Money! The is, it's a sham. That's right. right. They got rid of that one-layer government. And you would say, well, there's no with. government left now. They still got their county and their state and their fed, not to mention the world government that continues to creep in from time to time, right? Good so they still got plenty of government down there in, what's that place, Ohio? Amelia, Ohio? Oh, yeah. Anyway, I, I'm just saying, when you say we've tried everything, there's an example for you, folks. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault... 
Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from Range magazine.com just click on the shopping cart the loving liberty radio network salutes the spirit of the american west and those who are keeping it alive at range magazine With you live, Sam and Kurt on your radio. Um, I guess there's David Harsani. Is that how you say the guy's name? I don't know. He's got a history lesson for us, Kurt. Well, that's right, Sam. And I mean, because what we've been told, uh, you know, the headline of this story is worse conduct than any prior president? Question mark. And it's it's a uh, this guy says really. Um, and uh, so he offers proof, um, well, a history lesson to, uh, you know, these guys that, that says, hey, there's a whole lot worse um, activity been going on for a lot of years. And he gives uh, details, you know, he mentions the Japanese citizens being put in the internment camps uh, close to where we used to live, Sam, or real close there. Uh, then he mentions... Uh, um, FDR and Woodrow Wilson, who he says regularly said things like a Negro's place is in the cornfields. Uh, he says that didn't merely resegregate the civil service, personally firing more than a dozen supervisors for the sin of being black. Um, and, uh, you know, he goes on and talks about different ones. Uh, and so the bottom line is, at least with to me, uh, that's what you got to remember is uh, this president, uh, there's a lot of people after him, but I don't really say that he's the worst. He'd be, in my opinion, maybe the best, but that's what they always say. Uh, when you're catching flack, you're right on target, and uh, he's got a lot to deal with. And so, uh, Interesting history lesson for him. those folks, though, but they're not really interested yeah. in history, Kurt. 
No, I mean, kind of want to make it up as they go. So, All right. Did you know that there's a legislative task force in the state of Utah, Kurt? And they're calling a special task. session per Governor Gary Herbert's direction. Oh, that's right. And they want to put a tax reform plan to the Utah legislature. They say that it would reduce state taxes by $160 million. That's double the amount in a previous proposal. Did you see this, Kurt? I did. And uh, if I remember right, I also saw that they said they were bringing in an extra $500 million. Um, and uh, so they were going to lower it, what, $160 million? And I'm thinking... Mm, you're a little bit short of the amount you need a little Yes, bit. they are. And so I don't know if I'm for or against this because the details are so fuzzy it's hard for me to tell. Yes, I'm for reducing taxes by $160 million. Yes, I'm for reducing income tax and putting it more on a sales tax, even if it's a net zero discussion. Because I believe sales taxes are better than income taxes and property taxes. They're not perfect, right? But they're better. Uh, and so, you know, is it a step in the right direction? Usually when there's a special session called, probably not, Kurt. And I only say that because um, special sessions more often than not are closed doors in terms of details and very publicly promoted. It suggests everybody's in a hurry. All those things kind of scare me. So I don't know if I'm for this or not. Um, you know, we'll have to get a guy like Lowell Nelson or somebody else to kind of chime in on this or Scott Bradley, somebody who keeps a better thumb on these things than I do. I just can't keep a thumb on everything. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this overall. Do you think it's good, Kurt? Is it a step in the right direction? Well, <laughs> uh, we got to, uh, almost always we got to say, Hey, if we're going to lower taxes, that's good. Um, uh, I would like to give the, um, you know, our state, the, some of the council that you've um, talked about for years, Sam, I mean, why not lead the nation and be the most tax-friendly place of all, uh, replace all the taxes um, with a single um, simple, like a transaction tax, and basically make it so that um, you don't have to have all these different taxes. Um, and, you know, let the uh, economy, you know, let let Utah be the envy of the world. And they could even say, look, uh, we're going to even free our guys from the out-of-control IRS, the Internal Revenue Service. Now, we know you guys have been getting in this much money from our state, you know, whatever the number is. They could, I'm sure find that out uh we'll just raise that with a this simple uh, transaction tax within our borders and we'll make it so that people don't have to worry about keeping all those little pieces of paper anymore and they don't have to worry that you you know washington types are going to come and hassle them and bug them and you know drive them crazy and our economy will be the envy of america and the world Amen to that. Next story that I find fascinating, Kurt. Headline says this. U.S. productivity fell in the summer. That's the first decline in nearly four years, underscoring the troubles the companies are facing in boosting worker efficiency. Washington AP has the details, Kurt. And they say productivity edged down in the seasonally adjusted annual rate of 0.2% in the July through September quarter. That's the first quarterly drop since the fourth, fourth quarter of 2015, Kurt. 
And um, they say the new report represented a slight revision from a 0.3% drop in productivity. They say labor costs went up an annual rate of 2.5%. And um, they say productivity is defined as the amount of hour, I'm sorry, amount of output per hour of work, Kurt. So it's defined as the amount of output per hour of work. Rising output means that employers can pay their employees more without uh, raising their prices. They say it's a move that could trigger higher inflation. They go on and on and on and on. But, Kurt, I got a question because I'm kind of stupid. How do you define the amount of output per hour of work? What is output, Kurt? Well, it's what you put out, Sam, I guess. Oh, good, Kurt. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean, though? If I sit there for an hour and I just ponder my business, and I'm yeah, kind of in brainstorming, brain-generating or, or idea-generating mode, and I sit there for an hour as the owner of my company, let's say it's Small Business Tech Guys, the company that I own, and I, and I decide, look, I'm going to brainstorm about who, what businesses I should focus on, what services I should talk, think about, what pricing structure I should have. And I just sit there for an hour and just ponder. And let's say that I just sit there chewing gum for one hour and just ponder. And when I get done, let's say that I uh, put together a new service and it generates me a million dollars in a year, Kurt. Um, how are they going to gauge that hour of sitting there chewing my gum? Are they going to say that was a super productive hour, Kurt? How do they know? How does the government even gauge what output per hour means? Well, let me say this. Uh, first of all, this is an AP piece. Yeah, um, good point. The Associated Press. And the Associated Press is uh, basically part of, in my opinion, the, the swamp and the insiders, the king men, if you will, or whatever, uh, that want to basically um, push a recession. They want to push that kind of idea because if it bleeds, it leads. So they're going to, you know, say the negative stuff. And and uh, these numbers, I believe, have been revised anyway. And, you know, they used to say this old phrase where they'd say, liars figure and figures don't lie or something like that but the bottom line is uh you know you've got people who want to uh make the president look bad and that's what they're trying hard to do here. yes they are and i don't know what an hour of of output is kurt i really don't i don't mean to be offensive but i don't it's just well now so let me give you another example to leave this to the experts this is kind of like the federal reserve let me give you another example one guy's the mailman and he drives back and forth between five neighborhoods and every mailbox he puts one you know envelope you know whatever the mail is in one neighborhood then he goes to the next neighborhood does the next house and then it goes back and forth and back and forth the other guy does all the houses in one neighborhood and goes to the next neighborhood both of right. them work like five hours now are you going to say one guy's more efficient you're going to be right in that case yeah. But what about the guy that writes the routes? Let's say that I write a bunch of routes that just run people all over Egypt, but I'm really working hard writing those routes. Is that an incredible? I got 46 routes done in an hour, Kurt. But I sent guys uh, from all these weird neighborhoods, and they were very inefficient. And Am I efficient? See, I don't understand how they can develop these, quote, efficiency quotients or whatever. It doesn't make any sense to me at all, Kurt. Well, so many of them, Sam, they're these people that just sit there and 
Well, they got to come up with some kind of job for them to do instead of just doing a job that, uh, you know, the rest of us could really use. We got to have some kind of official that uh, analyzes it all, you know. I guess so. But I just look at these, quote, U.S. productivity fell in the summer. So let me get this right. Everybody's making more money, Kurt. There's less unemployment. Everything's just going great for the economy. But just so you know, U.S. productivity fell in the summer there, buddy. First decline in nearly four years. Things are going down. Underscoring the struggles that companies are facing, Kurt. Um, In boosting worker efficiency. Now, I don't know that I want my workers to be just uber efficient, Kurt. You want to know why? I guess Kurt doesn't want to know why. All right. The the reason that I don't, I don't want uber efficiency is because nine times out of ten when you discuss efficiency, you get so efficient that you might fall down on customer service, for instance. Let's say that I'm a customer service uh, agent and I get all my calls done in less than 60 seconds. Man, I'm super efficient, buddy. I rifle through 60 calls an hour because there's one minute per call and I'm super efficient, man. But yet, you know what? My customer service may not be there and people may not be happy with me. People may not be pleased with my service. It's efficient, but is it productive? It's efficient, but is it putting the best foot forward for my company. Is it? And so I don't necessarily believe the government should be trying to attract, or I'm sorry, to track these efficiency numbers. I don't know about all this, but I just know when the government tracks these numbers, I believe, as Kurt says, what they're trying to do is just find a way that you can't really measure to prove them wrong where they can attack the president. Man, the economy's doing awesome. Well, this company, St. John's Property, surprised their staff with $10 million in bonuses for the holidays because everybody's a rock star at their company, and they're doing so phenomenal. They got the right people in the right seats on the bus, and, man, it's incredible. And they're so happy they're celebrating for Christmas. And then, you know what? We find out that there's 266,000 new jobs created, right? And we find that even in Utah, they're trying to lower taxes, I pray that's true. But then they're going, hey, U.S. productivity fell. What is productivity? What is efficiency? Underscoring the struggles companies are having? Hey, the best way I believe we can obtain efficiency is to reduce government involvement in our lives at every turn. Imagine that. And a lot of people want to get rid of the global government, and I agree. A lot of people want to get rid of the federal government, and I disagree. I think we just need to chain them down with the Constitution. I think the people that are really making the biggest difference are the citizens of Amelia, Ohio, who are literally disbanding their town because the town is just so oppressive, they got to have relief, so they shut down the town. They said, man, we can't take it anymore. And to all you folks who say we've tried everything, have you tried to disband your town because taxation and abuse is too heavy? If not, maybe you ought to try things like that we got a lot of work we can do, and it starts with the media taking center stage, the new media, who will tell you the truth, who will be transparent, who aren't in it for filthy lucre, who will not cover up, who believe in the who, what, when, where, why of a story. LibertyRoundTable.com. Donate today. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.